Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Monday, April 19, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports I Own College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. And big breaking news in college basketball on Monday afternoon. Chet Holmgren, the consensus number one prospect in the class of 2021, has committed to Gonzaga. For those unfamiliar, he's a seven-foot center from Minneapolis whose father played collegiately at Minnesota. He can rim protect on the defensive end, but on the offensive end, he's really not a center as much as he's a seven-footer who can bounce it, drive it, shoot it from deep. He'll bring the ball up the court in transition. He can initiate offense. Just a really long and lanky skilled player who is obviously the highest rated prospect to ever commit to Gonzaga. Deadlet, tell the folks how big of a development this is from Mark Few's program. It's not a surprising development. Holmgren to Gonzaga has been an assumption for a couple of months now, but it's now official, so it's clearly significant news here. Uh, his, his teammate, his old teammates leaving Gonzaga, you know, Jalen Suggs, off to the pros, and now he'll uh, he'll be next in line there. That was in part why he was assumed to go there. You said lanky. That's that's right. I mean, he is bony. He is rangy. He is gangly. He makes thin people uh, look chunky. He's he's got a he's got a build that. I mean, I'm sure plenty of listeners have seen the highlights of Chet Holmgren, but there just aren't a lot of dudes that look like him. I mean, he looks like he's all elbows, shoulders, and kneecaps, uh, but he's a hell of a talent. There's no doubt about it. Uh, number one recruit in the class. He's coming off averaging 20.8 points, 12.6 boards, 4.5 assists, and 4.7 blocks on about 80% shooting this past season. So Gonzaga now has the number six overall player in the class of 2021 in combo guard Hunter Salas, who will um, in part replace Suggs along with Andrew Nampard if Nampard does indeed return. And then it has Chet Holmgren. This puts Gonzaga at number two in the 247 Sports Composite. So as we talk here on this Monday afternoon, Michigan's one, Zags are two, Tennessee's now three, Florida State is four, and Duke is number five in the 2021 team rankings. Good day for Mark Few's program. He now has his first GP, number one overall recruit in the history of Gonzaga's program. Yeah, and so this is the highest-rated recruiting class in Gonzaga history, headlined by the highest-rated prospect in Gonzaga history. And it's wild. Before the class of 2020, Gonzaga had never enrolled a five-star prospect out of high school. Never. Before 2020, Gonzaga had only enrolled four top 50 prospects in school history. And now they've enrolled three or they're going to enroll three five stars in a span of two classes. You know, Jalen Suggs last year, number 11 in the class of 2020, when he committed, he was the highest rated recruit in Gonzaga history. Then Hunter Salas 
about three weeks ago, uh, committed to Gonzaga. He became the highest-rated recruit in Gonzaga history. He's sixth in the class of 2021, and now Chet Holmgren has slapped that to the side. He is now the highest-rated recruit in Gonzaga history, uh, ranked number one in the class of 2021. So zero five-stars before the class of 2023 in the past two classes. Trivia time. Oh, boy. Before Jalen Sucks, Hunter Salas, and Chet Holmgren, in that order, became the, quote, highest-rated recruit in Gonzaga history. Who was the highest-rated recruit in Gonzaga history? I'm guessing it's Zach Collins. Am I wrong? Ding, 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 dead leg. You got it right. Zach Collins was ranked 30th in the class of 2016. Okay, double trivia time. Okay. Let's, see, let's see how big your brain is. I told you that before 2020, Gonzaga had only enrolled four top 50 prospects in school history, mm-hmm. according to 247 Sports. Can you name them? One of them is Zach Collins. Shemek Karnowski qualifier because of his international status, was he not in the mix there? I believe because of his international status, he was not in the mix. Same would go for, I believe, DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis would have also. Sabonis had to. If if he, like, he clearly was at that level, but he didn't uh, qualify. How, give me one sheet. How far back is one of these? Is how, what is the furthest away that the player qualifies for this? 2007. That long ago? Oh, that's got to be, uh, come on now, uh, the guy everyone called soft, Austin Day. <laughs> the guy everyone called soft. That's, that's what he was. What, am it, I right? it is Austin Day, yes, number 34 in the class of 2007. So I need two other guys in the past decade or so that have been yeah. at this level. Um, if you need a hint, I can give you a hint. Um, Hold on, not, not, not yet. Uh, uh, Not yet. How about... um? I'm just trying to think of the dudes they brought in who were expected to be pretty good right away and then were... How how high was Pargo? Pargo count? I, he, he was not top 50. No Pargo. How about... Uh, and this is this is players that they got out of high school, so we're not counting Wiltshire, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, Anyone else on that 2017 team? I don't think so. Uh... Let me yeah, yeah, hit hit me, hit me. What do you got? They're both on the roster right now. Both on the roster right now, and they weren't transfers. So net, like Nembhard wouldn't count. So Kispert is one of them, and then Timmy. Oh no, yeah, no, no. Timmy. Timmy Kispert, Kispert's no longer on the roster. Okay, fair enough. You're, you're, uh, that's correct. <laughs> Drew Timmy is one number forty three in the class of two thousand nineteen, and number forty eight in the class of two thousand nineteen was was it Anton Watson? Correct. Oh, those are the really? four. Those are the four, only four top 50 high school prospects to, c- to commit to the Zags before the class of 2020. And in the past two classes, three five stars. So that just shows you that the Zags recruiting has really um, taken a gigantic leap, obviously in the past 20 years, but, but even more than that, like in the past couple of years. And can you imagine going back 20 whatever years ago on the day Dan Monson takes mm. leaves Gonzaga for the Minnesota job. And then you say, hey, let me tell you what's going to happen <laughs> in 2020-21. Not only will the program you're leaving be significantly better than the program you're t- taking over, 
but the program you're leaving will be recruiting five stars out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, <laughs> beating Minnesota for five-star prospects in Minneapolis. Like, the whole thing's bananas. That is bananas. And at the time, like, when Munson takes that job, it's completely understandable. It's the move that everyone does, and Oh, yes. I, I've talked to him about it before. He was yeah. like, you don't under... Like, people who question why I took that job don't understand. Like, it was, a, it wasn't even th- something you had to think about. Nope. Like, just from a money perspective, it was something... Like, I don't know what he was making at, at Gonzaga at the time exactly, but, like, it was, you know, it, it, what a Big Ten program could offer. Like, I, I was going to throw out, like, $150,000. No, but I would guess, I would honestly guess at that point, Dan Munson was probably making, we're talking 20 years ago at Gonzaga, I'm going to say 250 Yeah, I mean, it's something like that. And so just from a money perspective, it's like you can't turn this down. So people who second-guess him just weren't him or don't remember the circumstances surrounding that. But that's how far this program has come. Once upon a time, in my adult life, you would lose your coach to Minnesota if you were Gonzaga. Now, not only would you never lose your coach to Minnesota, you go into Minneapolis in back-to-back years and beat Minnesota for five-star prospects. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> and, and, and the fact that, by the way, it, it, it feels like in two to four years, it's going to be one of those like, wait, Chet Holmgren and Jalen Suggs played on the same high school team? <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, they, oh, that's going to be the, trust me, that's the new Zion Williamson and John Morant played on the same AAU team. Correct, correct. But but whereas, like, like Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren won a state title, John Morant and Zion had, like, a quick, uh, you know, one-season kind of deal there where they were just kind of okay. It, this is this is wild, and congrats to Mark Few. I got to, listen, I got a couple things I want to I want to mention here, though, because, first of all, I cannot tell, I feel this is right up your alley, too. I can't tell you how much I love the fact that it's 2021 and the best high school player in America is named Chet. Come on now. Chet? I ch- I did the research on this, okay? Chet. Not top thousand most popular baby names. And the Social Security, everyone's on the grid, right? Trivia time. Okay. Okay. Trivia time. What was the most recent year in America where Chet registered as a top 1,000 popular baby name? Oh, that was clearly 1978. Sooner. Let's give you three guesses. Sooner. So more recently. Correct. I feel like that was probably 1989. Ooh, a little further back. Ooh. Okay, so we're between 78 and 89. Yep. It's clear, 86, same year Mets won the World Series. 87. In 1987, Chet was number 963. 962 was Brant, and 964 was Eduardo. Now. My best friend growing up named Brant. There we go. Now, you think it's over for you. It's not. It's not over for Gary. In 87, it's not looking good, though. 87, 1987, the 87th most popular name for boys, Gary. Contrast that to your birth year, 1971. Gary was the 38th most popular name. And now, this past year, I looked it up. Gary, do you think you were within the top 1,000 most popular boys' names in the past year? I don't think so. You were. Oh. Yeah, in the 800s there. So I closed out the window before we podcasted. But you were. You're still hanging on. You're not out of it yet. It's so not over we, for you. We are only hanging on thanks to Gary's naming their sons Gary. 
but I broke that in my family. Okay, I said, so I'm not having another Gary, not doing that to somebody. So I have an Aiden and an Oliver and a Louie, That's, but I don't have, I have no Gary's. You're 774 in 2019. We don't have 2020's data in yet. They're still, they're still counting. They, they haven't finished the count. Uh, so 774 for Gary's and, and, and there you go. By the way, Matthew. Can't be, I can't believe my family, my parents named me Gary. Matthew's hanging I wanted, out. I, yeah, I wanted that. them to name me Zion. <laughs> I wish my name was Zion. Not, not, why, got, why does he get to have that body and that name? And amazing. I'm Gary. A wonderful combination. Like Matthew in 2019 was 23. The year I was born in 81, it was number three. My parents were riding the trend heavy. Michael, Christopher, Matthew in in uh in 81 there and then uh still top uh top 23 overall i'm just i'm i'm all into this by the way my sister-in-law is due to have a child later this year so they're due to have a girl so she's been you go and you don't want to get anything that's too trendy too popular but chet not in the top 100 top 1000 hasn't been since 87 but i do like this run by the way in recent seasons like kind of throwback names for really good prospects we got chet we had marvin bagley 2017 not a lot of Marvins out there. I feel like Harry Giles, 2016. Harry, not too common, not too common. And then number three in 2014, Stanley Johnson. We're not, you're not running into a lot of Stanleys these days. So I'm all for this, um, not necessarily trend, but we occasionally are getting dudes who can flat out ball going into college who uh, who have the throwback names, and Chet is incredible. So I had to, I had to mention that. Do you have any doubts that Chet Holmgren's skill set will translate to high major basketball immediately because he is, um, you know, on the defensive end, you watch the highlights. He's like, he's blocking shots and he's a seven footer with pretty good instincts. You know, he's blocking shots nonstop. Um, on the offensive end, he is more of a, you know, he wants to catch it on the perimeter and face you up and, you know, he, he can bounce it. Like there's a famous highlight of him crossing over Steph Curry. Now Steph wasn't playing you know, it was just pickup type stuff. He wasn't really playing. This wasn't game seven in the NBA finals, but he did cross Steph up and get to the rim and, and dunk. Like he is a, he's a fabulous uh, talent and a really unique talent. Like I sort of roll my eyes at the unicorn label getting tossed around all the time. Like James Wiseman would often refer to himself as a unicorn. And I'm like, eh, you're mm. a center. Let's just call you, you're, you're a center. Uh, this dude really is unique and there if that's we go. what you if you if if that's what unicorn is supposed to mean then fine call him a unicorn but he you know the way he at his size you know puts it on the floor can really shoot it comfortably and confidently like he's listed as a center but he only plays like a center on the defensive end of the court on the offensive end of the court there's really not if he's a center he's a super modern center yeah first of all Death to most unique. I've heard this seven times. Unique is unique. There's It literally means it's the only one like it. So, yes, Chet Holmgren is a unique talent heading into college basketball next season. If you kept yourself saying it, I'm watching you. I do think that he's going to translate. I think that he is going to be what's going to be fascinating here. So I think Drew Timmy is going to come back. And when that happens, we're probably going to have him preseason national player of the year. That's probably fair. But... Holmgren, Timmy, best front court in college basketball next season. Um, how they work together will be super intriguing, and I do think that Holmgren's got a really good shot at translating immediately and Gonzaga having a situation next season like it had this past season, GP. Multiple players, 
that are playing at a first-team All-American level. Holmgren could lead the nation in block shots. Wouldn't surprise me. He could be among the leaders in field goal percentage and effective field goal percentage. Wouldn't surprise me. And he's going to be able to shoot from deep there. But he is going to... Gonzaga really prides itself on its its training program. Uh, Between Timmy getting exposed in the Final Four... And Chet Holmgren listed at like 195. That might be 195 uh, holding a bag of bricks. I mean, he is way for thin. Um, they are going to have to try and bulk his body up to a certain degree because when you watch him play, like he, you can't take your eyes off him because he has a different skill set. But sometimes you watch him play and he can be so aggressive and violent that you're, you just wonder if he might just snap in half sometimes. He's that thin, so he's got to put on a little bit of weight there. Uh, and if he can, yes, he's got a great chance at, at stepping in and being obviously the National Freshman of the Year and keeping Gonzaga at the level or damn close to what it was this past season. Yeah, like I actually think he and Timmy work well together um, in the sense that, you know, Timmy's a big boy. Um, you know, he got exposed a little bit in the national title game because they kept, you know, putting him in, in ball screens and he, he struggled with that. Kispert, Corey Kispert did as well. Um, but like he's a, this, that was only something we talked about one time and it was a really one time. And it was something that happened in a game against the best team in the country, which doubled as the national champion, which doubled as a super athletic team. I don't think most teams are going to be able to expose that flaw the way that Baylor did. Um, I don't, maybe none will be able to expose it the way Baylor did. Um, but, you know, you, Chet is, as you pointed out, very, 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 very skinny. Like strength is, or lack of strength is a big issue. So he won't have to guard centers. I mean, he can, you call him whatever you want to call him, but he's not going to have to guard centers for the Zags. Um, you can you can let him float a little bit on offense. He's not going to have to get down there and bang. He don't really think he wants to. So his lack of strength would be a big problem if he were trying to go to the NBA right now. I don't think it'll be a huge issue in college basketball, although clearly he he does need to get stronger. And I I assume he'd be the first person to tell you that. Yeah, it'll be, and I I can't wait to see how different he is if he is in fact different from a build standpoint between now and when we get to the start of next season. One more note from me, and then we can close up shop however you want to. GP, if you're wondering, whoa, we got a player that's committing April nineteenth for next season. Is this the last player of note? It's actually not. There are two top 10 and three top 15 prospects not yet committed. Two of them are anticipated to take the pro route, whatever that means, G League select overseas. The number two prospect, Jaden Hardy, overwhelmingly expected to go pro. Uh, Number 14, according to the 247 Sports Composite, Michael Foster, also expected to go pro. And then the number four prospect is an interesting situation, Pat Baldwin Jr., uh, who we are very familiar with. We've been seeing him for you know, since he was a freshman, his father is the coach at Milwaukee. So he's either going to play for his dad at the mid-major level, which frankly I'm rooting for because it's fascinating as hell to me, or he will go to Duke. It's going to be one of those two. And I don't have a timeline on that, but just one more quick thought here, like more power to Jaden Hardy and Michael Foster, if they want to do this, but I'm just telling you right now, almost nobody knows who Jaden Hardy is. Almost no, you have to be a die hard. And I mean, die hard, follow the grassroots circuit, checking, you know, ball is life YouTube video to know who that is. If he wants to do that, he's going to be completely off the radar for a year. And yeah, he could wind up being a top five NBA pick a year from now and all is well. And by all, by all means, if you want more power to you. But we're doing a podcast on Chet Holmgren, who's going to Gonzaga after they made the national title game, seeing what Jalen Suggs did. And NIL stuff is coming down the pike. And we've got two players 
in the top 25, 30 or so that have decided to go this pro route GP after there was, you know, more buzz a year ago with all this stuff. Um, we'll wait and see if that really winds up being more than just a, a flash in the pan year kind of deal here if we're just going to get two two guys, three guys every single year. Because it's looking like that's what's going to be the case in this class. Yeah, I think some of it's going to come down to, you know, how does the 2021 NBA draft unfold? Like, where does Jalen Green go? Where do these other G League prospects go? Like, did they help themselves by becoming invisible? Or did they hurt themselves? Um, also, like, what kind of, you know, endorsement deal does Jalen Suggs get? Because he was a star at Gonzaga. Like, what does that look like? Does that does that influence somebody's decision? But this is just going to be a thing that we're going to be dealing with in college basketball, you know, perhaps forever. And, you know, whatever. Like, at any point this season, did you miss Jalen Green? I no. didn't. I missed the fans being in Cameron Indoor and Allen Fieldhouse. I didn't – there was never a moment where I went, oh, man, I wish Jalen Green were playing this weekend. College basketball has a million flaws. You know, some of them aren't – fixable um the roster turnover is unlike anything anything that we deal with in a mainstream american team sports uh, no 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 we don't have roster turnover like this anywhere else not in college football not in major league base nowhere that's a problem but you know you could take two or three of the best players in the country out of every high school class and set them to the side and it doesn't matter. It didn't matter when it was Kobe, LeBron, and Amari. And it won't matter when it's Jalen Green or anybody else. Agreed. Chad Holmgren going to Gonzaga. Last one. Now let's get out of here. This going to change your mind? Gonzaga number one yet or no? You're going to wait and see. I, I, I had Holmgren projected on Gonzaga's roster from the jump. So, no. I, I you know UCLA remains number one based on the idea that they're going to return every meaningful player from a team that not only – made the uh, uh, final four, but also finished 13th at Ken Palm. Like every once in a while, I'll get a tweet from, you know, every time I update the top 25, I want to get a tweet from somebody and they'll say, if UCLA would have lost to Michigan state, you wouldn't even have them top 15. And I'm like, try and start a conversation by saying you wouldn't have done this thing. If this team did this thing that it didn't actually do. That's a, like, that's a bad place to start the conversation. Like they, they did beat Michigan state. And then they marched all the way to the final four and they finished 13th at Kenpom. Like, when you return everybody from a top 13 Kenpom team, you are, a, a, by, by definition, a national title contender in the subsequent season. Now, Johnny Juzang has a big decision to make. You know, is he going to enter and remain in the NBA draft or, or come back to school uh, and be a preseason first-team All-American on a possible preseason number one team? We'll see. You know, he's, he's somebody who has real options. Like, he can – I don't know if he'd be a first-round pick, but he, I, he'd get picked. He'd be on an NBA roster next season if he wants to, or he can come back and be one of the faces of college basketball. Um, you know, he, he'll he's a he's a real coin flip of a situation right now. If he leaves, then Gonzaga will move to number one in the top twenty-five and one. But right now, I've got it: UCLA one, a Gonzaga two, Villanova three, Alabama four, and Ohio State number five. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M.F. and Teagle. Legend. Shouts to Lauren now. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast. The middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. Do you see the news? President Biden earlier today, he said everybody, every American, all 50 states, eligible to get the vaccine right now. You just got to go get that shot in your arm. Get it twice. What you say? What you say? What you say? You fired up? I'm fired you're up. Half you're half vaccinated. Half vaccinated. I can see it in your eyes looking at you right now.
I can see it. Yeah, I can see the difference in you. I know. I could tell when I'm talking to a. Oh yeah. Yes, I can tell when I'm talking to a half vaccinated man. I can see it in your eyes. Let's get out of here. I never seen one like this, man. I never seen one like this. Wild. Think about how wild it is. If you haven't subscribed to the Iron College Basketball Podcast, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.